Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code. Good on your next order at fansets.com. Just for discovering Trek listeners, Fansets. Our pins have character. Boimler can't open doors. Tom Paris is at the helm. Dr. Taana is in heat. And Shax, what the hell, man? Just another day at the office on the USS Cerritos. Grab your collector's plates, jump in the turbo lift, and hit the down button, folks. My name is Dan Davidson, and we are Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe companion presented by Fansets. Episode 3 has all kinds of stories to dissect from Boimler's return to Tom Paris's return to Shax's return. And that ought to be interesting. But nowhere near as interesting as my awesome and amazing co-hosts. As always, we like to think of ourselves as kind of our own team of Boimler, Mariner, Tendi, and Rutherford. And uh, Bill would look awesome in that Rutherford cybernetic face thingy. I'm just saying. Huge shout out and welcome back to Sarah, Casey, and Bill. What's up, guys? Hi. Hello. 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 Didn't Hello. we do this last week? Hello. <laughs> we did. Dan, it, it's great to be here. Just don't land us in the Delta Quadrant, okay? Yes, uh, I will do. I will do my best. It's uh, it's good to have you all back to talk episode three. It's going to be fun. We mm-hmm. always have a good time every single week talking about all kinds of stuff. Lower decks. Uh, before we start, though. Bill, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with us to give us their thoughts on We'll Always Have Tom Paris. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. We will, Dan. We will. So listeners, we definitely want to hear from you. And the best way to do that is to get yourself the Trek Geeks mobile app for your iOS or Android device. Download it and tap on the more button for a whole bunch of ways to get in touch with us. And while you're at it, you can check out our brand new app exclusive shows that you won't be able to get anywhere else. Head to trekgeeks.com app to get the details. Plus, you can also join the most positive Star Trek Facebook group there is. It's Camp Kittimer and it is the official Facebook group of the Trek Geeks podcast network. It's really easy to join. Just head on over to Facebook, search for Camp Kittimer answer a few quick questions, you know, the ones that Dan's not able to answer, and we'll let you write in to take part in all the fun and positive discussion. <laughs> like Dan, it is very simple. Very. <laughs> and a big thank you to our wonderful admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark, for the amazing job they do running the camp. Please remember, though, that any comments you or messages you leave us in any of these places could be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek, Dan. Um, thanks, I think. Bill. You know what's interesting, though, I gotta say? That's your first time really reading that new copy for this season, and you didn't screw it up once, whereas I've been doing that copy for six years on Trek Geeks and still can't do it. But thank you. Do you know why that is? It's because I do an amazing cold read. (laughs) Yes, you actually do. I get myself too psyched up. (laughs) How how Bill does not break his arm patting himself (laughs) on the back, I never know. Black alert. Black alert.
Well, uh, before we start our discussion, we want to warn our listeners that this episode of Discovering Trek Lower Decks contains spoilers. So if you haven't watched Star Trek Lower Decks Episode 3, stop listening right now, head on over to Paramount+, Plus, watch the episode, then head back over to Discovering Trek. Failure to do that puts you at risk to find out plot developments and character details for We'll Always Have Tom Paris. And I like how that's a play on words for TNG's We'll Always Have Paris, right? And right, Bill, come on now, right? And right. Uh, huh? <laughs> Paris, and remember, Texas? as as simple as Dan. <laughs> exactly. And I'm going to be like this all episode long. <laughs> no, another great episode. It's good to have uh, uh, to have a new storyline. We got Boimler back on the Cerritos guys, and and uh, he's um, having some trouble right away, which I thought was was pretty funny. But uh, Bill. What did you think about the episode, and what were your favorite parts of the episode? Because that's uh, that's what we're here to talk about. I yeah, I thought the episode was fantastic. I loved it. I think that this is a, a solid, you know, third episode of the season. I've liked the first two. I loved this one. Uh, I think the thing I appreciated the most about this one was not only just the the dizzying array of callbacks um, and how self referential to Star Trek Lower Decks is, and we can talk more about this later. Um, but I, I really appreciate the fact that they took two characters that don't normally get some time together in Tendi and Mariner and put them together in a, in a mission, if you want to call it a, an op, a, you know, a, a, a an adventure. And mm-hmm. I, I thought it really, really worked in this particular episode. They don't really know each other. And I thought that they, the writers used that to their advantage in this particular script. I got to agree with you 100% because that's one of the things that I talked about last year towards the end of the season, and I may have even brought it up in week one or two, I don't remember, is that we always see the same four, or even more so, the same two people always doing the same thing. It's always Boimler and Mariner, and it's always Tendi and Rutherford. It was good to have a mix-up of that finally because I don't think we've ever seen that. So to have the women go out on a mission, which you knew as soon as Tendi invited Mariner along that things were not going to go very well when they go to find the super cat scratcher. Um, but uh, I, I really did did appreciate that aspect of the uh, of the episode, Sarah, because we got to see something we haven't seen yet on Lower Decks. That's a great point. But you know what? Boimler, Tendi, Shax is back, baby, and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right into the Shax. That's that. I was so happy because I saw the name in the opening, and I'm like, "There's that yeah. Fred. There's that Fred fella. Is he coming in to do something else? What's going on here?" And I, I loved that character, and I was so sad to see it. And, and I loved the way they brought him back. Let's be real. I mean, the whole don't yeah. ask, don't go there. Just let it happen. It happens all the time, and then they list off the Nexus and all these. I loved it. It was such a great little side story, too, because, like you said, having the, the, the girl power uh, mission that was a questionable mission in many ways. But it, this was such a great little side story, too. The A, B, and C stories were great. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Casey, I said last year losing Shax was was devastating. I th- he was my favorite character in season one for the upper deckers, I guess we could call them. Mm-hmm. Um, so with him getting killed off... I think Bill actually may have said, you never know, it's Star Trek. They could come back at any time, and boom, there you go. We got Shaxx back. And I wonder if that's going to interfere with the new security officer, Kayshawn, at some point. It, ha- it has to, right? Because <laughs> they hold the same role on the ship. So some something's going to give there. 
And it was really interesting with all the stories that were going on this week, because if you think about it, all the stories deal with one or multiple people not being recognized in some way. So, you know, Boimler coming back and he's, he's even a more unrecognizable lower decker than he was before he left. Shaq's coming back and, and it's like, what is the reasoning for this? And the whole interesting Starfleet, we're just, we're just going to gloss over it. Bridge officers come back all the time. No worries. <laughs> and then, you know, and the, and, and Tendi, who, who seems to be getting pushed around a bit in, in medical. So like not recognized for her talents and going on. And then, and then Mariner of just making it an adventure out of everything. It's, oh, it's a funny blank episode. And we get a really good meta discussion about their own writing of that. Yeah. Oh, we haven't been on a mission together at all. Hmm, seems like a glaring oversight type of a deal. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I also like about the writing is the writers get to make fun of their of the things that happen in everyday life when it comes to Star Trek. And I'm talking about Star Trek merchandise and talking about Star Trek swag. Who would have ever thought that we would see somebody on Star Trek have a Star Trek plate collection that they want to get? Not just Tom Paris. I was like, everybody was excited Mm -hmm. with the trailer that a Tom Paris plate. No, no, no. He's got a whole case of Voyager crew Star Trek plates that he wants to get signed. Voy plates. uh, Voy plates, exactly. And I, I thought that was great. And in addition to Voyager with, of course, Tom Paris being on the bridge, great line by the captain, by the way. The best line of the whole episode was, you know, as long you don't, you know, get us steer us into the Delta Quadrant. I thought the whole Boimler dropping into the bridge and Paris went nuts thinking that it was a Kazon was hysterical. I thought it was great. Bill, Bill has his hand raised. I have a question. Oh boy, oh. the bridge is on what deck? I, I, yes, I was going to bring it up. Thank you. <laughs> deck. The one. bridge is on on deck one. Yes. The bridge is always on deck one, unless it's the Shenzhou, in which case it's an underslung yes. bridge, and, and that's another story for another time. How the hell is there a Jeffrey's tube on top of the bridge? Every house, almost every house, has an attic, <laughs> so maybe this that's ship has keep, an attic. Yeah, that's where you keep the broken furniture, that's where you keep the backup light bulbs, and... And maybe, your lower deck sentence. Yeah. And maybe yeah. he has one of the contraptions from the Xbox game Portal, and he just used the orange and the blue and had a Portal game. Not through the, I don't. I don't know. And it's AC nobody got that there. reference. Nobody got that reference at all. Air but anyway, nobody. Nobody did. <laughs> no. Nobody. Um, <laughs> but uh, we've seen so far in 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 all the episodes, guys. They've had some great callbacks. Of course, episode two was the callback of all callbacks with everything going on. But having another Star Trek guest star come on to the show um with with tom paris was was pretty special and i thought they did a great job of course voyager hasn't been home very long at this time because it doesn't take place too far after nemesis so casey i thought it was kind of cool to see him and i'm sure i'm sure bob had a great time doing it right i think this is a fantastic opportunity for any star or guest star to be brought back in it, you know, it's low cost, it's recording a voice, it's doing something that they could probably even do at their home. They've all done stuff through COVID and just be able to keep bringing in who you want and, and go for it with your wish list. Just 
you know, ask. You're the producer, you're the writer. Go for and see, and see what happens. And then you just keep building that world and the depth of the world. It's amazing. It's fun. I always thought that there could have been another season of Voyager with a better slow return to home. So maybe they should mm-hmm. just do it animation style. Come on, Mike. Put on another show. Let's do a whole Voyager cartoon. I'm ready. <laughs> I'd love to see that. You could do Not any of the show. series. Not every show can end with a starship going through transwarp hubs with steel girders attached to them and falling apart, right, Bill? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I want to I want to spotlight something for just one second because I don't no. think mm-hmm. that enough gets gets talked about with regard to this. Um, Noel Wells' voice work is simply awesome. Tendi is so expressive, and that's a credit not only to the animation and to the script, but to her outstanding voice work as well you know tendy is is such a real tangible character and in this episode in particular because she has a gamut of emotions plus i mean tendy has a really great storyline in this episode where she's wondering why she got passed over for promotion and then her eagerness to want to be recognized and noel played that whole thing just amazingly well dan i think also when she was on the planet with the orions she has a history she had different yeah. names and stuff like that. So there's there's some layers to her that we hadn't got to see until this particular episode and and I thought it I thought it was great and and and, and Sarah correct me if I'm wrong but Tendi's one of your favorite characters, isn't she? So this must have been a special episode for you. Unless I'm thinking Casey, I can't remember. I I don't know. I mean, I'm I don't have a hate on for Tendi. I think Tendi's a great character. I think Noelle Wells is such a great person for the role. Yeah. I was a fan of yeah. her when she was on SNL. That's what I remembered her from. I recognized the name instantly, and I was like, "This is great!" Like, if you're on SNL, whether you're writing or or acting or whatever, you're going to have a fun range, and you're going to be used to busting out all different types of styles and and thinking quick on your feet. Um, and she shows it. And this was a great episode for Tendi, and it gave so much more depth to the character. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely and and i don't know for all of you but every time a good strong tendy storyline i just keep going back in my head and i'm like is is tendy starfleet's david rose <laughs> just just, just fold it in right? fold it in. Fold, fold it <laughs> yeah. fold yeah exactly and like i go the the, the comedian chops and then also, really strong emotional vocal presence that gives a 2D animation something like human depth. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. Wonderful. And I want to talk non human depth, but I want to do that after the fanset spot. I got a couple questions about uh, good old Dr. Ta'ana. So we'll get to that in just a second. Folks, we want to take a moment, as we do each and every week, to thank Fansets for being our exclusive sponsor here on Discovering Trek Lower Decks. We also want to wish them all the success in the world as they start out on their sixth year of being an officially licensed producer of the best Star Trek pins in the whole darn galaxy. Yeah, and after an amazing trip to Vegas for the 55-year mission tour, they are back to making some amazing new Star Trek pins. Those lucky folks who went to Vegas saw all the new pins they have coming, but right now you can get the six newest pins over at fansets.com, and they are Dr. Pulaski, Rin, Chancellor Galron, General Martok, the latest in the Women of Trek collection, number one from Star Trek Discovery and the upcoming Strange New Worlds. 
And the Women of Trek mm-hmm. Special Edition 7 of 9 with both the Borg and the Fenris Ranger logo. These are all available right now at fansets.com. And hey, remember last week when we mentioned that fansets will have a Tom Paris Voyager collector plate pin? That's a mouthful. Well, in addition to that, I have been it has been confirmed that you can also look forward to a lower decks version of Tom Paris himself. You know, that's awesome, but if they're going to have a Tom Paris pin, they certainly better have a lower decks version of Riker and Troy on the way. I'm just saying. Um, because I want to hear Nightbird. As always, friends, you get to save money each and every week just for being a Discovering Trek Lower Decks listener. Just head over to fansets.com, place a whole bunch of stuff in your cart, and at checkout, enter the special discount code Lower Decks. That's L O W E R D E C K S in all capital letters with no spaces, and that'll get you 10% off your entire order. And don't forget that our U.S. customers will get free shipping if you spend $30 or more. Fansets, our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek. I have a question for the team. Yes. So, is it, Lower Decks... Is, is, is your question about, lower decks am I dying to be, going to the gold light? <laughs> no, no. Lower Decks is supposed to be canon. Mm-hmm. It is supposed to fit within Star Trek canon. But mm-hmm. I, I guess I, I was thinking about this while watching this episode. Is Lower Decks becoming too self-referential to Star Trek? You know, here we have an episode where we see Starfleet people collecting plates of Starfleet people. Obviously a statement on licensing and and merchandising and all kinds of things like that and fandom and collection. Um, Does that that belong in Starfleet? Now, I'm not saying I hate it because I love Lower Decks. I enjoy the series. But are we kind of skirting the line where Lower Decks is is calling back on Star Trek and Star Trek (laughs) fandom maybe a little too much? Um, I guess my opinion on it, Bill, would be that it's kind of doing both. It's it's yeah. it's Star Trek canon, but it's also making fun of real life Star Trek stuff, and sure. it's doing it in a way that they can mix it into into the series itself. I mean, in the in the trailers, we haven't seen this yet, but in the trailers, they're they're ru- driving down the road in some kind of Starfleet vessel, and a whole bunch of Data action figures come flying out of the car. So obviously, that's right, going to be right. another thing that you could bring in um, uh, in in addition to what was going on with the Tom Paris collector plate. I, I see where you're. I see what you're saying, and and I don't disagree with it. But at the same time, I look at it as this is meant. Even though it's Star Trek canon, it's meant to be Star Trek comedy, and I love how they do. Sure, it. yeah, that's Casey? fair, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, they're going for a completely different tone. This isn't yet. You know, it isn't a drama. It is looking back at itself. I mean, the whole Tendi Mariner storyline was because they hadn't written any adventures for them together last season. So I think that it's becoming very meta and doing things that the other shows can't. And also I I can see how they're go, you know, we're going to push this as far as possible and see if at some point there's, there's a little pushback from people, but I know I, I look at it to go the, there's got to be in in these other series that's going on, you know, people hero worship, people buy things, even though there's not money supposedly in the Federation. Of Arts, <laughs> you know, well, things are going on there. And I just look at this and I'm I'm waiting for at some point, you know, that one of these characters is going to 
by a boat, just like Scotty. <laughs> well, you did see Tendi give Rutherford a bunch of money uh, right? at the end of um, Keisha and His Eyes Open when they bet whether or not uh, Boimler was going to get transporter duplicated, right, um, right. which I thought was interesting. So yeah, money, yeah, that's, yeah, the Scotty buying a boat is a great reference because that's, that's a perfect way to describe what we see in Trek. I'm not sure if if it's something that actually I'd like to hear from our listeners if they think that that's that, that what they're doing is a problem. I don't I don't I like I said Bill, I see what you're saying and I I I agree with it but at the same time I love it. I think it's oh, hilarious. I, mm-hmm. I I love it too. I guess the question is can canon and the I don't want to say that the, the mockery of canon but the the comedic elements of introducing that canon coexist in the same universe. So now theoretically in Tom Paris's Wikipedia or a memory alpha entry, there should be a reference to the Tom Paris collector's plate because that's Canon now. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mm-hmm. se- that seems weird. It's uh, a weird yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, another reference I'll say, and, and Sarah, you can, you can chime in whether you agree or not. Uh, according to what we saw in episode two in the collector's ship, the shark from Jaws is official Star Trek canon now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bruce <It> should be. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Um, yeah. There was somebody even spotted the what could have been the skeleton of E.T. I saw a picture right. of it on Twitter. Right. And yeah. I was like, there we go. But um, I, the, the thing I like about it and that I find really enjoyable with the kind of references to the plates and the... And, you know, when Mariner talks about like, oh, so-and-so did this on this ship, I just think of it as yeah. these are like people who their passion in life was to be members of Starfleet. So they're going to know the stories. They're going to know the history. They're going to know who their favorites are. It's no different than somebody working their life to become an NFL star. They're going to have NFL players that they hero worship. They're going to know this guy, this guy, and they're going to have the jerseys. It's the same thing is that if you really, it's, this is the world they live in. And it's just a small piece of what humanity is. There's this thing called Starfleet. And if you really want to be in it, you're going to, you're going to know all about it. And you're going to have your, your, fandom within it so i think they're just playing on that more than any other show has because they never really didn't did anything that kind of silly and that human mm-hmm. in a way yep no i i totally agree i i agree with what everybody has said speaking of human i'm going to go off human for a second i want to talk about dr taana for a second because i think this episode is the most that we've gotten from her I actually think that this character is hilarious. At first, I was a little worried because she's <laughs> so ruffled and, and she's got that McCoy crankiness. Jillian Vigman does an awesome job voicing this character, and I really like that they made the B story in this week's episode about her and what she's going through, kind of like a, uh, is it is it Cation? Is how that we pronounce her yeah. alien race? Uh, yeah. so like a Cation Pond Far, I think it was, was a a great reference. And then it turns out she didn't even need the mating ritual. She just wanted to play Kitty in the Box. And I thought that was hysterical. I really liked how that, that episode, the, the episode ended with her. What do you think, Bill? I, I'm not sure that uh, she, it wasn't going to be a mating ritual of some sort. <laughs> I think she still wanted the box, but I, I think maybe she's modifying the ritual for herself. That's just me. But I, I echo your comments on Jillian Vigman because I, I don't, I didn't think we saw enough of Dr. Taana last season. Yeah. Um, I thought it was an underused character, like some of the other upper deckers. But uh, I love what they're doing with her this season. I I love the the aspects of of Ta'ana that we're getting to see in occasions because we didn't get that much with Mares, obviously, in, in the animated series. Yeah. So I'm glad to add to that lore. I'm glad to learn more about this alien species. And of course, I mean, it's just it's hilarious. 
it is hilarious. And and Casey, um, the other thing that I interesting is what Bill just pointed out. In it, and this is going to be. I, I apologize up front because it shows that I I, I don't have all the answers, but. We see Doctor Taana more. Uh-huh. We even saw the bird guy a little bit um, in yeah. in episode two as well. Um, I'm kind of because I can't think of his name. I just know he's the counselor. The counselor, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm hoping that that's something that they continue to build on this season is bringing in a lot of these characters um, more uh, to have real storylines. We saw it with with uh, with Jet this week also. Well, they're they're not having to start from scratch. You've you've yeah. got season one under your belt, and so now, beside you, you don't have to focus fully on the main characters, and you can then enrich and make all these other, let's say, supporting characters um, deeper, and right. and have more heft to the show. It's you know. It's an animated thing. You're you're working with 22 minutes or so, and getting all these characters in is tough. And then introducing new characters, it's like you know, Kayshawn, where you know introduced, and then where is he? So I think there's a very intricate balancing act that they're they're working on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, do you think we're going to see some more? Uh, um duplicate boimler coming up in the near future what are you thinking i don't know i wouldn't be surprised if we don't and it comes back in the future season as like hey remember what we did in season two like really quickly and kind of brushed over but i i welcome it either way i think there's potential for it to be really funny yeah um i i I bring that up because i for one i said it a couple weeks ago how are they going to get boimler back on the cerritos when he wanted to be on the titan so much i like how they did it with the duplicate i loved how boimler ran into all the problems he ran into this week simply because he was back on the cerritos and the computer hadn't been updated yet i absolutely loved that i thought it was great i thought it was funny and of course then we got to see him on a level of the ship that doesn't exist, but that's just <laughs> me. <laughs> anyway, um, episode three, uh, yet another instant Trek classic, Casey. Um, so what's up next week, and can they go four for four so far in season two? Mm, well, we'll find out. Because next week, Boimler and Rutherford are concerned that Mariner is a Section 31 operative. Ferengi are running an illegal Mugatu expedition, and someone tries to pull a fast one on Captain Freeman. It's episode four of Lower Decks, Mugatu Gumato. And we can't wait to talk about it. Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or by downloading the Trek Geeks Podcast Network app. Don't forget, you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to the unedited audio of all our podcasts and a lot of other perks. We'd like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek, and we are truly so grateful for their support. Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Andy Davenport, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Julianne Jordan, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Jim Stoffel, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. 
If you would like to support discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks podcast network, beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks, where subscription levels start at $2 a month. For even more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out the other member podcasts on our network. Of course, in addition to Discovering Trek, this year podcast, there's Trek Geeks, the flagship podcast, Rewind, Polytrek's five-year mission, Deep Space Pride, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, Sci-Fi Sisters, and of course, we're proud to welcome Drawn to Trek, Science Station 2, and with the first link to our network family as the latest additions to the Trek Geeks podcast network. You can find all our podcasts, including where to listen, by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks podcast network, no one, dare I say, no one talks Trek like we do, Dan. That's a lot of podcasts, man. That's it. Is, it is a lot. <laughs> Whose idea was that? My God. Why don't you stop? <laughs> you I don't know how. I, I don't know exactly. how. And we're not upset about that either. I, it's great. Well, everyone, that's going to do it for our discussion on Lower Decks. Episode 3 will always have Tom Paris. Another great episode with another great Star Trek guest appearance. As always, a huge thank you to my amazing co-hosts, Bill, Sarah, and Casey. Thanks for yet another great discussion, guys. And we'll see you next week to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks Episode 4, Mugato Gumato. So until next week, <laughs> never stop discovering Mugato. Mugato? You have to say it different every time. That's what they do. <laughs> they... They. Unquote. Yeah. yeah, they. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Coconut!